This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris well, Pennsylvania's back to rain, rain, rain. I knew it couldn't last forever, but we did have a good run. All the way through the winter, we had great weather. Uh, good news is we needed this rain, really. It's been raining, um, I don't know, since about Friday, every day to one degree. or Not too much yesterday, a little spit a little here and there. Today, we got a little bit of a soak. And I think on Sunday, I was out putting grass seed down in the rain. I got a couple of spots left. You've heard me talking about what I've been doing with the room, uh, with the yard. It's been going really well. It's been uh, recovery. We took a couple of trees out. We had repairs to do from that. The dogs running around, they tear up the yard. We tear up the yard. All these different things going on. And uh, we had a lot of weed. I want to use the word lawn loosely. We were trying to turn it into a lawn, or at least something resembling a lawn. And uh, did some work on it last year. The tree canopy had killed a lot. Well, yeah, I've just been working on it. It's really coming together. Uh, two, two years of solid effort on this, uh, of taking these bare spots. And I had some regrading to do. Water was going in my shed. I've told all these stories here on the podcast, sharing a little bit about my personal life. I was walking around looking at it last night. I was feeling a bit of a sense of accomplishment. Some of the dirt that I've moved by hand, some of the the things that I've done, the effort over two years. What does my daughter say? A little progress each day, and soon you'll be singing hooray. Well, last night was hooray. It was like around dusk. I just took, I put my my boots on, and I just, you know, I'm just going to go walk around the yard. (laughs) I know some of you think this guy is so weird. I, this is the kind of stuff I do. I like to be outside. I like to be walking. I like the fresh air. I spend way too much time in front of a, of a computer, a monitor, or this or that. And it, I want to be out where I belong. I've been uh, doing a lot, so I was a little tired. I wasn't really in the mood for uh, being super ambitious. But I said, hey, I'm going to get out and go walk around and kind of survey the grounds. And I stood back uh, from this one particular vantage point looking uphill at the house. And uh, I looked at the grading that I had done around the shed. The water was just coming down. I didn't put the shed on the property line. People put the shed on the property line. They don't realize that's usually where your drainage is. They don't put this together. They put the shed in the low spot. It looks good on a sunny day. The next thing you know, you've created a dam. In my case, it wasn't really much of a dam. It was, just, it was at the middle of the hill. It just came in and went right through it when I was destroying this shed, which is gorgeous. Uh, concrete base stucco shed we put a new roof on it anyway i moved all this dirt by hand you should have seen i created the diverted the swale and now it's all grown in it's green you know that was over a year ago out there working with the digging bar and shoveling and my daughter seeing that it was good stuff good work and then at the end of our deck you step off the last step it was like a a a muddy uh, ski slope there it was a, like a steep decline. It never grew grass there. Well, anyway, I fixed all that. I put a level pad in. And, and if you know anything about grading, you know, if you're coming off the end step and it's dropping off at an angle, well, you might appreciate how far out I had to push that grading then to make up that difference in elevation. It was a lot of stinking dirt is what I'm trying to tell you. 
I laid the pavers down. I took all care of all that last year, laid that all out. And uh, same thing. Now it's all grown in green. And this year we've been focusing on some of the other spots that need to need to grow in and you know some of the remaining bare patches. But it's really coming together. I didn't mean to go off on that so long there. But uh, I really get a sense of it. I was mowed uh, yesterday afternoon in between the raindrops and uh, really happy with the guys that are mowing for me. I've been uh, trimming. It was funny. I just trimmed everything. In between the raindrops, they come out there trimming. I'm like, I trim so you guys wouldn't have to trim. They give me a great price, and so I try to help out with that. I don't like to be tied to the schedule or I would mow it myself. Um, but I just, with everything that I have going on, it's like times like right now. where They had to be here yesterday. They tried to come today. Well, it's raining again, and the grass was pretty high yesterday. So if they don't stay on top of that stuff... Uh, you get a little indication of, of the problem that develops. The grass gets too stinking high. You can't cut it at all. Ironically enough, in all that, I could have cut it last night. <laughs> this is a funny part of the story. Uh, I was glad to have them do it. But while I was watching, I was like, oh, I kind of like to be cutting it myself right now. And I'm funny like that, too. My whole life, I've always been like that. I'd rather just do it myself. I really would. I don't like to rely on other people. Not too much, anyway. All right, that's my uh, opening monologue here for the Christopher Scott. My opening rant. We're going to do an opening monologue. There's an opening rant occasionally. That was it. At least, uh, what can I tell you? I'm feeling good. Not a lot of people are. I see it more and more. This stress, this COVID, whatever's going on, it, it's, it's definitely creating a problem with people. Maybe because the news is so crazy. Let's talk about it a second. Just in the past 24 hours, since I last turned this microphone on, attack on the Kremlin. Did you see this story? Uh, They believe probably the Ukrainians launched a drone, which actually attacked uh, the flagpole on on the top of the Kremlin. I don't believe uh, much of any damage was done. Putin is okay. uh, But this drone was able to get through. Is it an American drone? Is it a Ukrainian drone? Are we going to find out? I haven't been able to find out. What's the story on that? Anyway, uh, this is a pretty big escalation, in my opinion. We'll see what happens. Russia seems to be um, being pretty cool about it, although the headlines, oh, Russia threatens nukes. And uh, I'm not seeing any of that coming from the Russian side personally. I think um, <laughs> I think they're working overtime to try and rope Russia into something that uh, Russia doesn't want to be in. Hmm? I don't know. Okay, Uh, attack on the Kremlin, story number one. Story number two, fighting in Israel overnight. Like a lot of fighting, like a barrage of missiles and rockets going back and forth. Fighting in the Middle East, fighting in the Kremlin. Gun violence, another shooter. I want to talk about that a little bit. You've got a whistleblower now coming out against Biden. I know you don't hear a lot about it. It's not like, remember the whistleblower that came out against Trump? The Vindeman guy? What was that even about? That was about quid pro quo, some obscure, oh, his intention on the call was a quid pro quo. You're like, what? What do you mean his intention was a quid pro quo? Oh, I heard somebody say they thought his intention was. It wasn't even like a direct, it was really weird. Let's see how this compares to this time. Don't hold your breath that anything's going to be done against Biden. Um, corruption, whatever your political persuasion, whoever you like or don't like. They all seem to be filling their pockets while ours are emptying. And now the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates another quarter point, which I could kind of uh, actually care less 
In some ways, it might even be good for me, really. How do I make a statement like that? Well, um, for anybody with disposable income right now, uh, which we have a little, not a lot, a little bit. Uh, I hope I'm using the term extra money after everything's paid. That's what I'm referring to. Uh, look, I'm no, uh, what's the guy who does the financial stuff? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, pay off your, he's like, live within your budget and pay off all your debt. <laughs> the guy's making, and he makes millions a year. Like, spread. you know, people call in, listen, here's the deal. I'm I'm a million in debt. I'm two million in debt. I'm this in debt. I'm that. The answer's the same. Well, I'll tell you what you want to do. First thing you want to do is you want to get yourself on a budget, right? You're going to live by that budget. All of us have to live by a budget, all right? And you get yourself that, but you get pen and paper out. And just start. Every time he tells a story, I'm, now I'm going to talk like him. All right, I want you to just I mean, you be like Mary down in Missouri. We just had a great story about old Mary down in Missouri there. She took a, she had a legal pad, a yellow legal pad. She just kept track of her expenses. And there when she added it up, and she realized how much waste there was in there. You can find, if you really set your mind to it, you paid off those debts, you pay off those debts. That, my friend, is freedom. <laughs> I could do it. Maybe I could be Dave Ramsey. I don't know. You know. I can make so much money, fortune, doing other things than what I choose to do. Go figure. Oh, you want to just you want to live on a budget? And listen, this is good advice. You know what I do? Live on a budget, pay off all my debt. I told this story to you. One of my goals this year, uh, since we moved, we've been too sloppy, and we say, hey, we got to tighten this up. That's what we did. Get a little smarter about how we allocate our money. You say budget, I say smarter allocation. You see, I'm a little more sophisticated. Yeah. I don't use a yellow notepad. I have a, I have a fan, not even Excel. Google Sheets, baby. High tech. Available on my phone even to track my budget. It's not even high tech. They have apps and everything now. Why do they get on this tangent? Rates going up. Good for me. Talk myself in circles. Why is it good for me? Well, we got a couple extra bucks. What are we doing with it? Well, this is actually money that we have earmarked to pay off our mortgage, right? So we want to have this house paid off for retirement. Naturally, I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, we would be paying down additional principal on the mortgage, but we decided to hold up on that right now. Why? Yeah, because we're looking around, around, you know, we better make sure that we're in the strongest possible cash position we can be in. Forget about all the, you know, concerns about the currency collapse, the bank collapse a second. Um but just prior to those considerations, what do you do with the cash? It's not its not economical to have cash. It's not practical to have cash. We don't want large amounts of cash in the house. We don't keep large amounts of cash in the house. It's not safe to do that. And what I noticed is that uh, uh, CD deposit rates are going up. Oh, they were like one, maybe two if you got a deal somewhere. Now you're hitting four and five. So now I say, well, you know, maybe. maybe that's like... Twice my my uh, the mortgage rate on this house is the sub three percent. So if I can put the money in a five percent CD, <laughs> help me pay off my mortgage faster. You see what I'm saying? Uh, listen, this economy is a crazy place to be if if you're getting in on the ground floor for for people that are through it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how deep this all goes, but you got a lot of economic uncertainty. I bring these stories up. On the verge of World War III, if you will. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. Fighting in the Middle East. Gun violence. An epidemic of gun violence in the United States. I don't know how they say that when you look at the numbers, but that's what they say. The corruption in our politics. Undeniable, really. Who trusts anybody, really? You know there's a problem with the economy because the Fed keeps jacking rates, right? 
And then you look at all that and I say, man, it's just, they just keep marching. Close. You know, this plan to depopulate, this plan to destroy humanity. I don't know what the – it starts to look very plausible. Is it? Because is the imminent end coming, imminent war? And I start to think to myself, this is all this giant charade. You can't believe any of it. I can't guarantee you that any drone actually did strike the Kremlin, despite the fact that I've seen video of this. I don't believe any of it. The fighting in Israel, I don't know. The gun violence stuff here, no. I don't trust any of it. I'm not saying any of it did or did not happen or one did or didn't. I'm not getting into that level of conspiracy driven. I'm just telling you, I don't trust the news at all. And when you factor that in, you say, the imminent end is coming. Is it? It's imminent nothing. Life goes on. You know, the, the, the changes, the anger, the hostility, the fighting, uh, it will go on as well. It will go on as well. I was telling this story. I want you to think about this a second. The Soviet Union, right, the former Soviet Union, massive, massive country. You look at a map and you look how stinking big it is. This enormous empire, Christian empire. Who, what, ultimately destroyed the Soviet Union? It was themselves. They destroyed themselves. All this concern about how uh, countries, nation states, societies destroy themselves. And I don't know if it's avoidable. You know, what do you do? At the same time, I look at the whole thing and I say, I, what can I do? Nothing. I got to get on in my life. I can't be tied up in the worrying about World War III or, or if Biden's going to jail or Trump's going to jail or who's even going to be the next president. How much of a real impact is this on me? Of course, I look at it the other way. I'm like, I don't know. If they start launching nuclear weapons, I guess it becomes a pretty big deal, doesn't it? I don't know. Imminent nothing. I don't know. Imminent everything? Change, change, change? I guess you could look at it the other way. But in the meantime, everybody's confused because the, the rules changed and nobody even noticed. Well, you were told, it's not who we are. We're different than that. Really? Yeah, we were shaped into something different. Let me give you one little example of how I think this is making people go crazy. One tiny little example. This story came around that um, I think Biden was considering an executive order that would have had people with good credit pay high interest rates to cover the costs for people with bad credit. Now, first of all, who cares if the banks are losing money? You don't hear that talk like that anymore. It's not the bank's money. It's government money. Government has taken pretty much full control over the media. Best I can tell, damn near full control over the finance system. An awful lot of control over the healthcare system. An awful lot of control over the education system. A nationalized government that was never intended to be that. Was never legally allowed to be that. But yet it's doing it and you wonder why the results are terrible. I don't know. But take this one little executive order that they're going to now charge people with good credit more. All right? Now, you got to re- – now, <clears throat> I've talked to a few people. But, ah, that doesn't sound right. It's the same reaction. Ah, wait. That's not how you do it. Uh, but now, what do I care? I will not likely – I can't say this with a high degree of certainty, but 
not planning on ever needing another mortgage again in my life. Okay, I think I'm hopefully I'm done with that. Hopefully, I've filled out my last mortgage documents of my life. Okay, um, even if we were to move from here, which is uh, very much in the cards, uh, we would you know probably uh, buy something cash would be the intention. Um, but you know who knows? Maybe we'll move next year and. Something will be different. But that's kind of the plan right now. So I don't really care is what I'm getting at. Mortgage rates go up. They go up. They make it harder to get a mortgage. They make it I just sit back and I go, I'm glad I got the one that I got. Uh, but there's one little problem in all that. And it's called legacy. What about the kids? And I'm watching them. my son and his girlfriend struggle out in the Seattle area right now under the weight of the housing costs out there. And you get a little bit of a taste of it. Somebody looking for a house and looking for a job and, and all these things that uh, you know affect people's lives and where they live. But let me just stick with the point a second. So it's a big deal, right? Would you agree getting a mortgage and having a house, even if you're not currently getting one, affects pretty much everybody in one way or another. It was like central to being an American, buying your own home. And buying and living in your own home and taking care of it and being responsible for it. Kind of like having a baby in some ways. And, uh, you know, for some people it comes easy. I love it. I've owned my home, own first home since I was 23 years old. I've owned many rental properties. Owned a few different, well, three. Three houses I've ever owned on my own. Um, my first house, my second house, and this house. And we may have a fourth to retire. And we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens with all that. But we moving around a lot. has Maybe that'll change. But anyway, I look at all these new apartments going up. You know what I'm talking about? These um, uh, uh, pen, uh, what do they call them? Podium buildings. They put commercial on the first floor, and they build these wood-framed towers up from there. So usually wood-framed, not always. And they're these tiny little four, five, six hundred square foot apartments crammed in there. The architects have gotten it down to a science of maximizing every inch, which is good. Good. Very energy efficient. Yeah. Like living in a prison, I say. Really like living in a prison. I don't know how anybody can live in something like that. I, I shouldn't say it like that, but for most, especially like a young family or something like that, why would anybody want to live like that? And I probably shouldn't even uh, talk like that. It's superficial now that I think about it. Somebody... Uh, you know, may have moved into one of these things very proud of what they've accomplished, maybe the, the greatest uh, living accommodations they've ever had. And that's great. They really are very nice in some ways, I guess. Just very small with no outdoor space. It's not really my lifestyle. And I don't think healthy for most people, quite frankly. But to each his own. My point is this. It's no home ownership. You know, a four, five, six hundred square foot apartment you know, the, and this whole idea of own nothing and you'll be happy. I don't know anybody coming out of those buildings that's happy. I don't know anybody, I don't know a single young person or anybody that was young at one time that ever came out and was like, you know what it would have been nice? A tiny little apartment that we would get pay, pay out the gazoo for. And then I would have really felt like I was contributing to the environment and doing something good for the world. Yeah, I never heard anybody say that. Nobody. Somehow it's become a big thing, and they push it down everybody's throat. Good for business, good for the banks, I guess. I don't know. But my point is this. They start talking about upending the, the, the mortgage, uh, the way mortgages are done. It's changing the basic fairness. And you know, people that even voted for Biden, uh, buddy, my, I, 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 well, he doesn't even know what they They just put this stuff out there and put his name on it. Like, okay. You know, I hear that about Republicans, too. It doesn't make me feel any better about the situation. 
Regardless, it's upending people's view of fairness. And when the government starts doing things like that, I try to tell people, I'm like, this is not a government that's any longer represents anything resembling fairness. This is one tiny little example. They don't care. Oh, no, we must pay more. You must do more for the common good. And then shame you. Where did this come from, this new religion, this idolatry? And there's another little lesson. Maybe some of those warnings uh, not to idolize, not to have false idols. Maybe we should have listened a little more carefully. Maybe it started when we stopped observing the Sabbath. And, you know, I I hear this move now, and I'll I'll move on with this, but let me make this last point. I hear that the Biden campaign is going to make freedom front and center. That The Democrats want to protect your freedom, your freedom to reproductive rights, to love who you want to love, and to be safe from crime and being gunned down or ringing on their own doorbell. Economic freedom, prosperity. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. You know, if you were to fast for a few days and put yourself in a weakened state, I believe that these things would become much clearer. I really do. That you would see it for the poison that it is. It's not freedom. It's the opposite. We're going to protect your right to read what you want to read, and Republicans will never take it away. I made this point to you the other day. Nobody is saying that your kids can't read whatever it is that you want to allow them to read, even in school, even in school. The difference becomes when the school is mandating our children to read it. The school won't allow you to read the Gospels in the public school system. Some people argue that they see we need to bring back prayer in schools. To that I say, it is back. It never left in the private Christian schools, you fool. They're right. Well, I have to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. There's always been a sacrifice. Now, we could get into a whole debate about that. I'm for vouchers, by the way. And I would like to heavily uh, reinforce a private education. I think it would be one of the best things we ever did. But I've also argued that it's not appropriate to discuss uh, prayer, gospel, religion in the public schools because not only do you have different um, religions that you're going to say to a, a American citizen, some people may forget this, has a right to be Muslim if they want. Do people realize that? You could be here in this Judeo-Christian country and then convert and be Muslim. Anybody remember this stuff? And somebody who, who does that has the exact same rights that you do. And so why are they going to go into a school and be uh, browbeating with this in God we trust the nonsense? It's not right. People see this. Nobody wants that. Now, going beyond that, you've got different denominations. And if you're Catholic, your religious beliefs are different than mine, my friend. And we don't like to say that. We're all, you know, we're all Christians, Judeo-Christians, right? Yeah, Sure. Because Protestants and and Catholics get along so well, don't they? Never been a problem there. So you start talking about prayer in schools, and I say to you, what prayer is that? I don't say the Hail Mary or whatever it is that my Catholic wife says. I don't pray like that. You're going to say, well, you're going to force my daughter to say this prayer? How about the Jewish prayer? Are you going to do that? She has a Jewish friend. 
She said, can I go to synagogue? I said, ask if you can go to uh, Purim. That's the one to go to. I don't know if I should offer that to my daughter. Probably a bad idea. I'm going to go to Purim. I'm going to talk to the parents. <laughs> I need to check out the synagogue. I need to be exposed to the way you people think. Maybe I'll say it like that. <laughs> I want to go to Purim. <laughs> uh, there you go. There's a great way to get indoctrinated into Judaism. Go, to, go celebrate Purim with them. It's a great time. It really is. So whose prayer, I say? Not the case. But at the same time, it was a basic level of fairness. It wasn't the common good. It respected individual rights. And they talk now about this new idea of freedom, this new democratic socialism. We need to restore democracy, democracy, democracy. These words should make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. We are a republic guided by the rule of law. Let it reign king. This is what Thomas Paine said. Let the law rule king. We should have stuck with that. When you talk about getting your freedom back, you know what I would like to have back? Complete freedom to protect myself that I don't have to worry about if I protect myself on my own property, how I'm going to deal with the police or if somehow uh, my situation may become compromised because I was torn between protecting my family and dealing with the legal consequences. Why do I have to have that hesitation in my mind? It says shall not be infringed, and it's completely infringed. That's one. Freedom of speech. I understand you can't yell uh, fire in a crowded theater, but tell me how it's okay to say you can wear a gay pride flag in, in schools around the country all you want. They're hanging the flags but you can't wear a shirt that says there are only two genders. Or Jesus loves me. These are all true cases. And I agree. I've said this before. You cannot have any t- – all schools should have similar policy. No text on the shirts, no labels. It doesn't have to be uniforms, but there has to be that consistency. And most places of work would be the same. I remember one of my first jobs out of the Marine. wasn't my very first job. I was working for an engineering firm on a survey crew. They don't come in here with a T-shirt with anything printed on it. We'll make you go home and change. Wow, because they didn't want to be out on a job site with a client. We're representing the firm, and you've got whatever you got on your T-shirt. It's going to create a problem for somebody. That was called respecting people. Somehow we've gone in a different direction than that. How about the freedom to enjoy your Sundays off? I would absolutely uh, be in favor of a vote to return to the Sabbath fully. Business is closed. Make it illegal. All these climate uh, Nazis— why don't they get on board? How can you argue that the people need a Sabbath, the planet needs a Sabbath? How much more evidence do you need? We're in total agreement on it. Why can't it get done? I do believe that bringing back the Sabbath would be the biggest move to freedom that we could ever make. Really true. On the book issue and, and the censorship, shouldn't parents have the right to decide for themselves what they want their children exposed to? Now, you don't have complete control over that at any school. You know, if you're a parent, you know this. You look around and say, "Ah, I don't like the way that school teaches this or that. Some of them Christian schools. I remember a big debate on the – my son went to a private Christian school for quite a few years, not high school. One of the problems at the high school was the the position of the high school was mainly one of pacifism. And we didn't agree with that. I don't agree with the whole position of pacifism at all. Uh, It's a nice thought. I wish there would be peace on earth. I absolutely um, support it in every way, shape, or form, but it's not a reality. And there are times when action needs to be taken. 
And I'm not saying these decisions are easy. I always use the story of the woman at the well. Jesus didn't do nothing. He intervened. He absolutely intervened. Anyway, I could go on and on about that. My point is, uh, this new vision of progress that's not even really being defined uh, by the, the liberal progressive movement, it's no freedom at all. Forced vaccinations, forced indoctrination into homosexuality, transgenderism, anti-God, anti-Second Amendment, pro-abortion. Kill the baby already, that's what they would tell you. And shut your mouth unless it's in support of the machine. Anything else won't be tolerated. You call that freedom? Oh, you want a mortgage? Well, if you've done a good job managing your finances, you've got a a, a good down payment and a good credit score, we're going to have to charge you a little bit more for the people that didn't do any of that. For the scoundrels that were down at the bar pissing away their money, you're going to make up the difference. This is called supporting the common good. Important to our national security. You don't want to be a threat to our democracy. Does any of this really sound like freedom? I don't get it, but yet I see people every day that just seem to go along with it. Uh, they really seem to want the guns. Uh, you heard me talking about this Texas shooter story. Still no mention of it being an illegal immigrant. They keep running it and running it. Texas Texas mass shooter. Isn't that something that the media would do this little trick right in plain view and you don't think there's a ton of other stuff not going on? Texas mass shooter? Um, uh that would be like um, uh, an American uh, killing, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky. And, uh, you know, going, going over there to fight in the war and, and blaming it on the Ukrainians. Wouldn't you blame them? And that's what I'm saying with the drones. People don't think like this. I don't know if I'm giving the best analogy. But it's a big deal. It's not a, a Texan. It's not an American citizen that did this. Guy who was deported five times. The White House continues on a Texas mass shooter. And this is why we need to get, get weapons of mass destruction off our streets. What? But continue to let illegal immigrants in? After what this guy did? And you allow more of it. Tell me that's not warped crazy thinking. Now they've got this Atlanta shooting. One killed, three injured in Atlanta shooting. They're really pushing the gun stories. Interesting, right? Now, Republicans are going to pound, oh, the rise in crime. Democrats, they want to take away the guns. And they're pushing harder than ever. That should scare the living crap out of everybody. This so-called drug, uh, I'm sorry, gun epidemic. Let me see if uh, U.S. population by year. Um, I want to just compare something. Good. Here we go. Growth rate. The population growth between, it runs about uh, 1% a year on average. Let's see. That has not been consistent over time. Dropped off quite a bit. Interesting. Been slow. The slowest Population growth rate has been the slowest overall since 1940, but uh, significantly lower since 1990. Really interesting when you think about that. Um, Median age at marriage. This is interesting, too. 26 in 1890 is 30 years old in 2021. 
gradually getting older and older through the years. Yeah, 30 years old to get married. Yeah, my son, he's not ready to get married yet, I guess. Um, anyway, this firearm death rate. So if I, if I look at the growth of the uh, firearms peaked uh, in about, what is this here? I don't know. 1950 steadily declined through 2000, the year 2000, where it really leveled off mostly between 2000 and 2015. You with me? Leveling off since 2000 to 2015, a little bit up, but not a lot. Since 2015, it's gone from 30,000 firearm deaths a year to 50,000 firearm deaths a year. So that's quite an increase, about 40% uh, over 15 years, right? Uh, But when you consider the population shift, still not quite on par. Let me see, going back 15 years, population growth, about 15%, all right? 15% compared to 30 or 40% growth rate in gun deaths, all right? But the number still, it's not that high. You went from 40,000, it jumped up to 50,000, 10,000 more. There's still not any kind of pandemic rates, okay? But here's where the big, big difference falls in the statistics. And no, it's not black on white or black on black or the suicide equation or any of that. It is an issue that I talked about many, many times. And that is the location. The state data is obscure. The biggest states, of course, have more deaths. But it looks, if you, you'd have to look and rank it by population. But it looks fairly consistent. Um, I don't know if that's completely the case, but there wasn't anything that jumped out there as anomalies. New York, uh, uh, California, and Texas, the most, they had the biggest populations. Here was where the big difference occurs. Rural and and urban, they call it metro and non-metro. The rate of non-metro country goers, very low, they're shooting each other, much higher in the cities, like four times higher. And guess which one has been spiking? And I say to you, where is the immigration equation having the most impact? Interesting, right? Maybe because fewer people carry. But I've made this argument before. This whole gun conversation really takes on a very different view depending on where you're at. Rittenhouse Square, Philadelphia, somebody walking around with a, you know, a slinged rifle, it's a little weird, i got, I got to tell you. At the least, you know, I'm a gun guy, but I'm not sure that I really want to uh, encourage that kind of thing. I wouldn't do it. Why would you want to do that? Now, you're out, you know, uh, hours away from any police response. There may be a lot of reasons why you'd have a rifle, rifle on your shoulder. Completely appropriate versus inappropriate. Do we need to look at different gun, gun, gun laws for urban areas versus non-urban areas? People, the constitutionalists would say, shall not be infringed. I would say, stop and frisk, <laughs> way unconstitutional. Of course, the New York gun laws continue to be unconstitutional. I think that may be heard at some point. I don't know. Maybe it got settled. Who knows? But anyway, um, stop and frisk. Clearly unconstitutional, if you know anything about the Constitution. But Giuliani did it for years. And guess what? It was wildly effective. 
The police, we need this tool. But now when they come and say, well, now we need to take away people's guns. Oh, you can't violate that amendment. You can't violate that right. Oh, because it wasn't you getting stopped and frisked. Now you want it to affect everybody and say that's a different, different set of problems. If you're going to be a strict constitutionalist, then be a strict constitutionalist. Just understand the consequences that come with that. And then, which I would say, by the way, it's fine. Then everybody needs to be armed at all times. Then you need to encourage it even further. Anyway, I don't want to get into that debate. I just wanted to unravel a little bit of truth about the firearm deaths. It's mostly hype, hype, hype. This is uniquely an American problem. Yeah, you ought to see the way they're hacking people to pieces in other countries around the world. And tell me that guns to defend yourself aren't humane. They're very humane. So then this story pops up. I'll move on from the gun topic before I start getting really upset. Um, Grassley and Comer demand the FBI records regarding um, an alleged criminal scheme with Hunter Biden. Uh, this divorce situation, uh, the, the illegitimate child situation where they're delving into the financial records is another whole interesting thing. And I don't even really know what's going on. Apparently they're asking about the sale of the art, Hunter Biden's art. If that isn't the biggest scam you've ever heard of, he's selling these crayon drawings for all this big money. What do you think? This is a drug addict, a lawyer, president's son. Really, really disturbing, beyond disturbing. I just have one question. I'm sure none of it's true. Because old Uncle Joe never does anything wrong. But how is it that you have this whistleblower that's not receiving the same response that that Vindeman got when Trump was president? Where's the Republican Party? Forget about the Democrats. I don't expect them to do anything different. Why would they? I'm going to call on Democrats to do the right thing. Forget about it. Why would they? Here's my message to Democrats. Keep doing what you're doing. You're kicking the pants off the Republicans, whatever you're doing. I mean, you've basically rendered the Republican Party completely useless. The political strategists at the Democrat Party are absolute geniuses, and the Republicans are a bunch of losers. I can't make the case to you. I always had a buddy who said, we're going to just get out the vote. Get, how about get out and go to hell? Get out the vote for what? Ugh, I don't want to get into it. This simple situation is a must-watch. If you have any hope that justice will ever prefer, why isn't it going down the same path? That's all I want to know. Well, because in the case of Joe Biden, uh, he doesn't have a reputation for, you know, waving a hand in the face of laws and rules. So we'll give him a little more of the benefit of the doubt. Oh, is that right? We'll see. We'll see. Interesting article here. Everything we've been told about the Ukraine war is a lie. Following the leak of classified documents exposing the Biden administration's corrupt lies, the administration and media are determined to convict the whistleblower, I don't know if I'd call this kid a whistleblower, that's for sure. If he did, he probably should have read up a little bit on whistleblower law. Uh, they, of course, have uh, arrested this 21-year-old National Guardsman, this Jack Texaria. <laughs> Some weird, obscure last name, almost like it was AI-generated. Um, and this, of course, coming out of this whole situation where he supposedly leaked documents that some 21-year-old PFC ended up with. Everybody's going, oh, yeah, that kid, a white nationalist. And they add to it, oh, yeah, he wanted to kill a lot of people. 
What does that mean? How that story gets spun? I don't know. Um, but I want to tell you this. I wouldn't believe any of it, including his involvement in anything. You know, they use the, the uh, argument, how is it that they can find this uh, leaker, but they can't find the Supreme Court leaker? Remember, remember that when the uh, Roe v. Wade decision was leaked and never found the person? This is, this is the Republican Party argument. Maybe you've heard it going around. Oh, it's a great argument. Well, I have a better one for you. Why can't they find the pipe bomber from January 6th? That was, that was a real significant threat to our democracy. The hell with the Supreme Court justices. And who cares about these military secrets? Isn't the threat to our democracy a bigger deal? How is it that you've gone through all this January 6th investigation and interviews and talking? Not one blip about the pipe bomber. Nothing. Don't worry. If you push it hard enough, they'll have him come on CNN too and tell you why it was all just a big lie and, and Trump made him plant the pipe bomb or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Everything we've been told about the war is a lie. I'll give you a couple of evidentiary facts to point in that direction. Uh, I'm beginning to think that maybe Putin only ever wanted to to settle things in that uh, Duntesk area, but the, the Americans are trying to whoop, rope him into a larger war, that somehow a European-allied uh, war, world war, would be good for the United States. How foolish. I don't know. I really don't know. I just ponder this. But let me tell you a couple things that are going on. I witnessed with my own eyes the Russian trucks coming across the Ukrainian border completely unprotected, not so much as a Jersey barrier to slow down the Russian assault. Why would you do that? He threatened for weeks. And you say, well, he didn't believe it. And you could say, Chris, you didn't believe it either. And that's true. I didn't. Back then I was saying, nah, Putin's not going to invade. I was wrong. But if I was the president of the country and my neighboring country was threatening me, I'm pretty sure I would fortify the border. You remember the conversation we had yesterday and I said to you, you know, your best response is to be armed. You know, if you've got a neighbor threatening to shoot and kill you or is shooting wildly, you better be armed when you have that conversation. This little event just proved it. Anyway, they did nothing to protect the border. There's been all this military aid. I've asked the question, what happened to all the money we were giving year over year? What the hell were they doing with it? Where's the account? Where, where did this money go? Nobody can even answer that question. No idea. It wasn't to weapons. Tell me what weapons that they went to before that. All of a sudden, they have nothing. We need weapons. There's more to this story. I've told you how strange it is that the power was never taken out in Ukraine. Even now, even after we heard of all those Russian... Drone strikes and strikes to take out infrastructure through the winter. It seems that everything's back on somehow. Okay. If that's not enough, this area that Russia's fighting hard to get and keep, apparently they're saying that there's huge uh, weapons caches down in these salt mines. Now, think about that a second. Ukraine sitting on a huge amount of weapons. Why? Why? <laughs> Why aren't they in the hands of able-bodied men? We're pumping money. There's Americans over there. Small number. You don't believe the hype about American troops. Uh, but you do have Americans that have joined in the fight. And they're sitting on this giant weapons cache? What's really going on? It's not what we're being told. Here's one for you. Zimbabwe plans to launch a digital currency backed by gold. There's a, a government that cares about its people and the future of the country. 
Hundreds of children discovered at a Kentucky McDonald's working long hours. I can tell you right now what's happening. Uh, McDonald's is going to take the fall for it. I guarantee you there's immigrant labor there that are bringing their kids to work because they have no other place to put them. I guarantee you get further into that story. You could have a conversation about expensive housing, not being able to get into schools, yada, yada, yada. This is a crazy story on NPR. Schools ended universal free lunch. I didn't know this. You know, during COVID, the school was giving away gobs of food. Uh, we got some of it. What is this? I don't know. They're giving away all this food at the school. Um, and then I guess they made all meals free or something like that. Not really sure the full extent of that. Uh, but it's all stopped. I guess an end came to that. And now, according to NPR, schools are not getting paid for the lunches the parents can't pay for them or aren't paying for them. And uh, this is a big deal. I've brought this up over and over again. You know, do not discount this problem. First of all, I, I was going to mention that I think that it would be good that the schools um, at, at times, uh, I think that the, they should have breakfast and lunch that's free. If you look at any study, um, anybody who's worked around kids, kids programs, what have you, and uh, I could go on and on about this. Been beneficial as part of the program to feed the kids. Just a better way to, to do it to get better results. But that's not why I'm bringing it up. Not why I'm bringing it up at all. Whether it's the the school lunches, um, all these uh, debit cards, these EBT cards or whatever they were giving out. This stuff is drying up. I heard people at the states, in the state programs, talk about this stuff. And um, as it dries up, which it inevitably has to, People got drunk on this stuff, voted themselves into socialism on this stuff, and they're going to be really upset when the carpet gets yanked out from under them. But don't look that they're going to start blaming the government or Joe Biden. Oh, no. They're going to continue to blame you, and they're going to come after your food and your money and your possessions and blame you for all these problems. Uh, I just see this security threat growing and growing. I really do. I had this idea. I don't know if you've ever been to Jamaica. been years since I was down there. All the properties have, like, concrete walls around them. And then there's, like, uh, broken glass embedded in the concrete in the top. Because the only way that you can – if you don't, they just over, the, the, the drug addicts in Jamaica will just overrun your property like animals. You know, they'll just take – rape, pillage, take whatever they want. People don't understand this. you got to set up this security. It's where we're headed here. You just watch. You just watch. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong. All nine Supreme Court justices issue a rare statement after a leftist attacks on the conservative justice. I brought this up the other day, this statement from the Supreme Court. All nine united in their comments, basically, uh, because the pressure has gotten so great. And where do you think that pressure is coming from? Uh, it all points to one thing, and that is that we're going through this mass period of disruption. You could call it a civil war. You could this or that. Disruption, change, kind of the same, right? It's not really clear, though, what's in the making at all. You know, the idea of right and wrong has been so upended. And I want to tell you, I know you say, well, I know there's only two genders. Good for you. Me too. But there's a lot of people out there right now that are confused on that. And when you think about the fact that only about 1% of the population 
it is trans legitimately transgender. But yeah, what have they have people believe that this is our we've got to protect their rights and 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 now you see this growth and like this this weird support of it. Tell me the things aren't gone off the rails. I'll leave you with this last little visual on how loony things have gotten. I think it might have been a clip that Dan sent me. They had a uh, a young woman, and uh, they had glasses and had her dressed as if she was blind. And they took her on Dr. Phil. And uh, this seemed to be some kind of a parody. I don't know, but it was very, really very well done. It could have been authentic. And they basically told the audience, this, this woman came on, she told this whole story, very heartfelt story, about how she was growing up and she just just felt guilty that she had eyesight and didn't didn't feel that she should have eyesight when others she, I forget what the details were but she just always wanted to, to be blind and finally she found a doctor who would remove her eyes and they told this whole story that she went and had her eyes removed and they panned around the audience and, and all these people were crying and upset how could they let her do that to herself I wonder how many people actually get it when they even see it when slapped in the face with it. I'll leave you with this. I know I said that already. It's like we've entered a time of the Good Samaritan. You ever hear that Bible story? How could somebody be beat up? Oh, was, I forget the details. The blind beggar, I think, beat up on the side of the road or something, right? And people just walk by. Nobody would stop and do anything. Maybe because the, the legalistic system got so legalistic on top of itself that just like every other society, the, ultimately the Hebrew people of that time uh, just destroyed themselves in the way that they acted towards each other. What creates that? We're living through the same thing today. Not only are neighbors not helping neighbors, they'll destroy each other. It's amazing. Biblical, really. Fascinating on many levels. Hey, God willing, I don't know if I'll be back tomorrow or not. It's a crazy schedule this week if you don't see me. I'll be back soon. Hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.